we have to create the right vibe, you know, the energy and everybody at the organization has to feel so privileged to be here. It's, it's no other way. Thanks for listening to the Purely Arsenal podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Purely Arsenal FP for all the latest Arsenal podcasts. Welcome to the sit down at the Purely Arsenal podcast. We are here to discuss a 3-0 thumping at Craven Cottage, Fulham away. And I have my regular with me, Neil Shaw. How are you, Neil? I've seen better days, Jack, but the Arsenal keep me going, so it's all good. Yeah, good. yeah, a little bit under the weather. We could record um, this early on a Tuesday morning. We wanted to do it Monday morning. Neil wasn't feeling 100%. So look at the time and effort we're putting in to get these podcasts out to <laughs> you. Thank you for everyone that's tuned in. We don't have a huge amount of subscribers on the old YouTube yet, but there's a lot of people that are tuning in, which is which will take that views, subscriptions. But if you did view it, just give us a subscription as well. But very, very happy to see that. Very good. Obviously, it's a very important time for Arsenal. It was a massive game, Neil. Pressure was on us a little bit. Two points um, was the gap after Man City uh, won at Crystal Palace. And we've got to get used to that because we're going to be playing after them quite a lot considering, you know, the Europa League and yeah. things like that. So we we do have to get used to it. And we've shown so far this season we've been able to handle pressure. Just before we go into the, the game, uh, Neil... After Thursday, it felt like our squad was quite thin, you know, and we were talking about, oh, we might have to play the same front three again. And then <clears throat> Mikel Arteta swings one on us where he basically just lied outright to the media once again, claiming everyone's out. And then about two hours later, Charles Watts dings his first exclusive since Thomas Party about three years ago. I don't know what's been, what he's been doing for the last three years, but that was the best exclusive I've seen from Charles Watson about three years that Leandro Trossard and Gabriel Jesus are going to be part of the squad. What sort of a lift, Neil? Does that, I'm going to say, I know Trossard's only been out a week or so, but in fairness, when he pulled up, you know, pulled up quickly, groin injuries you've seen with Smith Rowe, those could, could very well have been a, a season one there, um, or a very least a, a medium term one. So that was a a, a fantastic, and when you when we we're going to talk a lot about Trossard in this game, um, but the the return of Gabriel Jesus, I mean, obviously a huge relief for the fans. You saw what it was like when he walked onto the pitch, and and you know the the roar that the fans gave him in the away section. But what must that do for the players, Neil? On early December, we were five points clear, um, as he got injured in the World Cup and needed surgery, and here we sit, middle of March, three and a half months later, and we're still five points clear, which is incredible really when you think of how arguably he might have been one of our players of the season at that point 15 games 10 goal contributions um at that point so what must it have done for for, for, the, for the players Neil oh mate lifted them completely uh from well lifted all of us because we were like thinking crisis mini crisis again up front what we're going to do no Eddie Trossard out Jesus, not sure when he's coming back. And if he comes back, how quickly should we integrate him without, you know, risking another or work making his injury or making it worse or not allowing it to heal properly, not allowing him to get the minutes in to get him back into the run of, you know, the use of play and all the rest of it. And uh, so we were all thinking, what do we do now? What's going to happen? Um, and then obviously this news comes along. It's like the timing is absolutely perfect. Every season, every single season where we've had a sniff at something, Jack, in the years gone by, 
we've suffered a key injury at the wrong moment, particularly at this time of the season. And it's just made us fall apart and give us problems. And for once, it's worked the other way around where we've got all our players coming back at the key time where we need them the most. Uh, even Emil Smith-Rowe, Nelson's returned. Emil Smith-Rowe's returned. Um, Trossard thinking, how, is he out for a couple of weeks? Is he out for the rest of the campaign? We don't know. And all of a sudden, look, bang, he's there. And then the biggest one, Jesus. So Jesus coming on, just going forward just a tiny bit. It just reminds, not quite to the same effect, but when, you know when um, Henri came back for, and played against Leeds in the FA Cup? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I was there. Came back yeah. on, yes. We were there. It, well, we, no, were I wasn't that one. Oh, we I wasn't there. that one. And, uh, and it just reminded me a bit of that, although, although it wasn't at home, the, the response when he came back, it was almost like he's returned, you know, mm. the big one's returned. And yeah. um, to be honest, his cameo, he didn't look like he had ever left. Well, I think they've been holding him. I, I, I thought about it a little bit this morning. I went... Mm. Because I understand time frames quite a lot for for his type of injury, and I I was saying, you know, I think we'll see him early March, start of March. You know, I don't. A lot of people say oh, we might see him in mid February. Went no, the time frame's not really there for that. Even though I'm sure he's pushing to be. So when mm. I sort of got well, we mid March ish, uh, um, I wonder if if he may have been kind of ready to go ten yeah. days ago, and they yeah. were just going, ah, let's just hold him a little it's longer. Good. Yeah, which which is good. Yeah, you're right. And it's weird when you talk to um, you know, other fan bases. There's a lot of sort of uh, preconceived notions about how the title race is this season and whether the league's stronger or weaker. And da da da. And you know, you know, obviously there's the direct comparisons from us to to teams like Liverpool who have a similar financial um, standing and and obviously they're going up you know against the, the same type of team in Man City and things like that. But I'll tell you what. No matter what happens this season, that they, they never lost one of Firmino, Mane, or Salah for three months when when, when they yeah. won a title, uh, and you know we don't know if that's going to happen. But but they they didn't. You look, they all played thirty five games. Derek right. Rigi barely started during that season, and it, it's full credit to to Eddie, who I think done a, a commendable job, really. Um, and then of course we've got to discuss um, Leandro Trossard. I do have a little quiz question for you, but I'm going to do it later before I do the fans question. You'll get this one. It's an easy one, I think. But um, but yeah, you're right. He did look to some people saying he looked at, he looked quite bulky. Jesus, he's just so strong, and I, I don't think absence makes you forget how good he was because we all, all remember. But other fans sometimes don't because they look at his stats and they're like, oh, you know, he's not scoring that much. You know, he had what was it, eleven games without a goal before he got injured, things like that. But the at the, the 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 contribution to this team and the way he leads us from the front is just it cannot be. It, it, you just can't put enough praise on it and, and how valuable it is. And, um, you know, um, he's, he's been a huge miss, but I think we've done, Arteta, the coaching staff, the team, have done a tremendous job at, at mitigating that and, and, and trying to find another way. And especially when we lost Eddie too. And now we found another way, um, which has been really impressive. And I think what it says is 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 we're, we're really believing in the way we play football because when Arteta used to lose like one player 18 months ago, um, it would be, it, you know, things would collapse, right? But it would, it, 18 months ago, it was Kieran Tierney. Now you lose Kieran Tierney, you're like, well, how are we going to create a chance? Yeah. Do you remember? And it's just incredible yeah. to see how much we've come along. But when you play football like this and like what we saw in that first 45 minutes, it's it's more repeatable, um, you know, across the, across the squad. And obviously he's raised the floor of the squad dramatically, but... 
But we went in, and it, Fulham are a very good team at home. I know they lost their 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 central midfielder because he keeps getting yellow cards every week. He's um, a mini Casemiro from the sounds of it. But mm. um, but and I know you know he is probably their best midfielder. But but we absolutely dominated. Um, and what was fantastic was the the first big moment was the goal that was offside, the own goal where Martinelli was played in. It was a fantastic little little ball in, and um, I was super excited because I just wanted. We've had so many emotional roller coasters in the last few weeks and I think we've all been talking I was like oh, it'd be really nice to just get a you know a comfortable win where you're you're not breathing heavy and all that sort of stuff and um so when that goal went in I was I was going crazy and I was kind of disappointed and it's that's the hard thing about VAR isn't it Neil because we silenced the crowd we were dominating the game um territorially but then suddenly the, the biggest roar the home crowd get is from a decision on a marginal offside call that stops us going in the lead. And it's almost like a double whammy, isn't it? It's like, yeah, you didn't get the goal and it's almost lifted the crowd again. And you you saw that at Leicester away, for example, when Trossard scored from the edge of the box and then it kind of died a little bit, the game for a little while. And I was like, ah, oh, no, not, not again. But what was great, Neil, is, is Arteta's on the sidelines going, you know, let's let's go let's keep it going and it's just it was almost like the trigger wasn't it Neil because after that it was scintillating stuff wasn't it absolutely brilliant the trigger is almost uh, akin to when uh, we played Liverpool do you remember and uh, Klopp and Arteta had that spat on the sidelines and it lifted them yeah they, yes of course so it was kind of kind of kind of in a weird way similar to that and uh, obviously right I mean that that goal to be fair again VAR with its lines actually got lines this time but so marginal couldn't see it could you no. i mean it could have gone either way I but it didn't look I, off it didn't look on i don't know no no I, I wouldn't have been able to split that and it's like here we go again but fortunately for us it lifted us as you said lifted us to an, a degree which i don't think we've seen and it was complete dominance um from us uh the play even for that goal, the build-up was nice. It was a good team goal, which wasn't given, but it was still good movement. But what can you say about Mr. Trossard, eh? Gosh. So the first player, if I'm right, Jack, uh, in history, to score three, or to gain three assists in 45 minutes away yes. from us. I think I tweeted it was the um, game, and I realised afterwards it's 45 minutes, yes. Um, and also, together with another another lovely record, first uh, team ever in history to get five consecutive away derbies without conceding mm-hmm. uh, or five derby wins without conceding a goal. It's unreal. Yeah, and Michael Harris makes a good point. He he tweeted us early in the morning and said, uh, is Trossard the first player to score, to get a hat-trick of assists in one half and a hat-trick away from home because he scored three ah. goals at Anfield uh, earlier in the season. Okay. After- I said, I'm not looking that up, Mike, but I'm, I'm guessing he probably is. So um, yeah. maybe someone else can tell us um, listening. But sorry, um, yeah, carrying on. Obviously, the, the first goal came soon after it, didn't it, from the corner, from, from Leandro Trossard's corner. What did you think of Ben White on that? Did you see what he did? See what he did on the corner, Ben White? Oh, God, I forgot. No. no Very no, clever. No. Of course, if you go back, Ben White, Leno, what was the, the the last time in my head I see Ben White and Leno is away at Brentford when the, the mm. big throwing comes in. And what does Ben White do he, he, in this game? On every corner, he stands right in front of Leno. And that's exactly what he does. And if you watch as Gabrielle's header goes in, there's a little cheeky from Ben White, like, yes. And that was, that was I think it was completely oh, and for the celebration, it. didn't you? Because where did Gabrielle go after the celebration? He ran straight to the... Um, to the, the the coaching staff and and you know yeah. the, the set piece guy didn't he so there was obviously a plan there with that 
Yeah, no, it's just it's just brilliant. I think I think everything everything is just working. Um, everything is seems to be falling into place. Everything that we do is just clicking, and it's clicking at the right time. Especially even with the return of these injured players, the timing couldn't be better for us. I think we've been blessed with, you know, how many times does a club get everything right, Jack? And this is one of them. So including the set pieces, we've had that coach come in. We've had a, de- a good degree of success from it. Was something we were always struggling with. Also, also, even the fact that something you just touched on about um, Kieran Tierney being the person we look for for creativity, we had a team bereft of creativity, but a team bereft of leaders. Now we've got abundance of both everywhere. If you think about it, really, I mean, yes, we always want one designated captain, but actually, we've got Odegaard, we've got Shaka, we've got um, Sinchenko. Even Gabrielle at the back. I mean, it's ridiculous, Jack. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a nice little goal. Trossard being the creator, and then that that kind of eased it. Eased the, if there were any nerves, it eased it. Fulham away is not an easy proposition, right? They're a good team. They've surprised many people. A lot of people had them favourites for relegation. They've done really well, to be fair. And you know, we were probably lucky, ironically, that Willian wasn't in the, in the, in the starting lineup yeah, because we didn't know that was of his happen. back. Exactly, back injury, and he's been really good for them this season. Um, so maybe that was, ironically, coming against us, that's a blessing in disguise because he was so poor when he played for us. Um, and, um, you know, that just just made it made it work for us. I think the first 10, 15 minutes, we were a little bit cagey, but maybe we were being respectful. But then after that, and after that first goal was disallowed, oh, my God, I've, I, it was clinical. It was absolutely clinical. Um and the second goal as well. I mean, if you don't mind me just moving on to that. 23 passes, Jack. 23. Yes. Well, that was, the, that was the goal outfield, of the game team-wise, probably. Every outfield player touched the ball. 23 passes. And you know what? They're saying, all right, the defender probably could have done a bit better. But, you know, and, and I don't, I hate it when um, people are still saying, well, yeah, but Fulham weren't exactly great, were they? But, I, I hate it when people say that. We didn't make them look good. We played so well. Mm-hmm. We made them look bad. It's not like they were bad. We Because in the second half, they came at us. Yeah. To credit to them, to credit to, they didn't give up. They didn't, you know, they came at us. They played football. And I like that. Yeah. They played the game the way it should be played. They had some chances. Ramsdale helped us out, of course. but And we were lucky, I think, on one occasion. But to be honest... I don't think it would. It would have been academic, even if they did score a goal, Jack. We were just too good. Yeah, and we were fantastic. We, we, and we were probably. It reminded me of the olden days where we would blitz the team in the first half, and we and would chill just, for the rest. Just, yeah, just chill for the rest, so because you know we don't want to, um, you know, for any stupid reason, create cause an injury to a player or whatever. We came off the gas big time. We probably dropped from. We probably weren't even in top gear for that first half because we were so so silky. So good, but we probably still weren't playing as well as we could do if we needed to. And then in the second half, we probably dropped three gears, Jack. We really yeah, did. we took off, off big time, yeah. But oh, what a fa- it's just an all round fantastic display, just yeah. brilliant. And, and just touching, 
Yeah, go on, sorry. Back on that second goal, I mean, it was mm. fantastic. It was fantastic. Trotter could have scored in that first half. He put one wide from a lovely move again. I think Zinchenko yeah. pinged it out wide to Saka, and it was a lovely footballing move. I'm just rewatching it right now, actually. But um, and then he could have had a fourth assist, of course, because of the ball to Xhaka. Which Xhaka, I thought Xhaka was very good in this game, but I think he should, obviously should be doing better there. And that's the one issue there. Sometimes you see it with Xhaka where he's just a little hesitant in front of goal. Obviously, it's not something he's been used to his career being that sort of player that's running into the box late and all this sort of stuff but it would have been one of the great team goal, goals though. that would have been because but but the, the the press release from Saliba to 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 whip a ball out with his weaker foot to Xhaka oh. to start that move for the second goal well, not start it but but start opening that oh. move because we'd already yeah. made about 15 passes before it but um but but fantastic again just showing how how good our centre backs are on the ball I think Gabriel's improved a lot well. in the area Did yeah the one over the bar yeah oh. yeah yeah, he, he did a little run, little Maisie, but that's when you know we're really confident because Mikel Arteta isn't a huge fan of his centre-backs sort of going forward like that with a ball. If you look, you know, really, do you see these Maisie runs like you used to see from Sol Campbell and stuff like that? Like, he yeah. doesn't do that. So that's when you know the, the, the players are just really feeling they're, they're comfortable, you know? And I remember seeing that thinking, okay, we're, 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 we're not showboating, but we're playing it a little bit here, which was kind yeah. of interesting. But but yeah, I mean, we got to talk about 25 million Trossard, you know, allegedly, we don't truly know, but seem very much like our second choice, or you could say third choice, if you argue about Rafinha last summer and all this sort of stuff. Um, but he just looks like an, I mean, he, he looks like back in the day where we used to cite, you know, these diminutive players with huge technique like Riziki Kleb, Santi Cazorla, who I mentioned a little bit after this game. I mean, um, he just looks like he fits so well with the group. And, and you know, I thought about it because obviously he's playing in the false nine in the, this position. But again, he, just like the Leicester away game, his creation, of, uh, you know, all three goals are coming from the left wing slot. Although I see him dropping deep into the halfway line, he's basically mimicking a lot of what Gabriel Jesus does without the physicality, without the gun hardness. Yeah. Yeah. But when we used to argue about Eddie being this different sort of fox-in-the-box strike and we have to adapt the way we play to Eddie, with Trossard, it feels like we, we've we gone back to the way we were playing um, with Gabriel Jesus there. And I think, because there's been a lot of talk about, you know, I'm, I'm really big on squad development, as you know, but um, a lot of talk about, you know, will we get a striker in the summer? But this is just showing we've got another option. I think, if anything, it doesn't hurt the left winger like Marnelli, it hurts people perhaps that like Eddie, you know, that are playing centre forward yeah. because Trossard's showing that he can really mimic what Gabriel Jesus is doing and our play doesn't affect because of it. It's no coincidence that since Trossard's come into central position, Gabriel Martinelli's got five goals in five games. And, you know, before that we were arguing about his form, he's not getting on the ball very much, Eddie and him aren't connecting. Um, I don't really know who to compare him to, but he's he, he's he's so he's he's unusually or sort of unexpectedly quite quick on the ball. He's both footed. I think two of his assists were from his left foot. And Mikel Arteta made a great point when he first signed him. And I think we um, the first big action Strossard had was the um, the sort of pre-assist for the 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 winner in the last minute against Man U. He came on for ten minutes and and did that, and we were all like, oh, good good impact from Trossard. And he said. The thing that Trossard has that we lack is he has the ability to be calm in the final third. And I think that's such a good point. I think what I see from him, like the Odegaard goal, for example, he he's not just crossing aimlessly, like 
in fairness, people ball, like... Ball's very clever. Yeah, you're really thinking about where... The, and we've been guilty of crossing aimlessly quite a lot in the last few years. And it's just so, sort of such a pleasant surprise to see. Yeah. You know, he's so calm. But for, it, what a fantastic signing. J- January's signing in a window at this point. Oh, without a doubt. Just without brilliant. a doubt. You, you could, he could be up there for play of the match for literally every game he's played, if you think about it. He could. Yeah, what he brought to the table. Um, I fear for Eddie, I have to say. Ironically, James campaign has campaigned Eddie from the start, but he also campaigned Trossard. So, um, yeah, and Balligan, uh, he's got his eggs in a lot of basket, James. Oh, Balligan, Balligan, I'm, I, I can see if we, we will, that will be ridiculous if we lose him. He has to come back. I he's think only he's only had a chance, so that's the nah. problem with that, isn't it? Give yeah. him the chance, you know. I mean, like, yeah. how can you how can you not deserve a chance after what he's done? That's the weird part with that one. Yeah. So, yeah. and I feel like Arteta will give him a chance. He seems like, which, like you said, it does put the question. It's almost like the Saliba situation. If you think about Balogun, it's very similar to the Saliba situation. Yeah. He Saliba, didn't really play. I think he might have played a, a friendly and maybe a. Did he play one of the cup games? I don't know. Really he play, He might have been on the bench for one. Yeah. But he played a closed doors friendly against Villa, oh, and apparently that it. was what made Arteta's decision. But unlike mm. the Balogun one, you're, you're right, it's like the Balogun one, but unlike that, there seemed like there was a bit of, you know, conflict and antagonism there from Saliba to Mikel Arteta. With, you know, Balogun, he's been talking quite highly about Mikel Arteta, told me to go and express myself and da-da-da. So, like you said, it, I think it indicates that at the very least, we're going to see him a lot in pre-season. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's just, see what happens. Just back but, on Trossard, I mean, what do you what do you think with Trossard? This false nine look that we're seeing from him, I think we're going to see it a lot more. Yeah, no, no. Well, why not? It's working. It's making Martinelli more effective. It means we don't have to constantly play Jesus. Even if Jesus is ready, and I know Jesus wants to play every game. It's, it's abundantly clear that he wants to do that. But it's probably best that we don't, just in case. And it just gives us more and more options, Jack. We've got, we can play, we can, we can, the, the interchange between Martinelli and Trossard is there. It will happen again when Jesus plays with Martinelli. I don't know if Martinelli, uh, sorry, Jesus and Trossard will work, but who knows? Who knows? But also what this means is we can re- finally rest uh, Saka, uh, Saka because Saka, if any, anything, if anything in that game, he did look a little tired. And yeah, he did he look, jaded. finally, Finally, he looked, we saw something, I wouldn't even call it a weakness. You can't call anything with that boy a weakness, but he didn't look his full self. And I think with the options we've got now, and don't forget Smith Rowe's there as well. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Everything Nelson and Smith Rowe, Jesus coming back at the same time is like, wow, yeah. wow. He's going to have to that, really be patient, Smith Rowe, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I believe so, yeah. But I yeah. think he will get a chance. I don't think... Arteta is not going to let a talent like that just go. He, he, he can't. It's stupid. Yeah. To, because remember, Jack, we've got Champions League next season. And I know people will be saying, yeah, we haven't really got it yet. We've got it. We've won the bloody title. And, the thing yeah, is that we, we've, got, we've got Champions League. We've got a plethora of options in that front three now. And yeah. I, I think we'll add um, a right winger personally. I, I'm still yeah. 50-50 on, on where we go with Nelson, but I, I think we'll add a right winger. So it, not everyone can fit there. Um, someone's going to have to re-establish themselves or maybe find a new way or new position, right? We talked about things like Smith Rowe possibly being at the eight and things like that. But I think when you've got players that can 
express themselves in multiple positions like Jesus can, like Martinelli can, like Trossard can. They're just hugely valuable, valuable to the team. And I think what lets Eddie down in that sense is... I don't think you can play him anywhere else other than centrally. And when you do play him centrally, you have to adapt the way you play a little bit. And I think Eddie's been terrific in the time period that Jesus has been out. And I think he's exceeded my expectations as a backup striker, I I think. But you see it evolving, this versatility FC sort of thing. You see it evolving a little bit. Eddie is too limited. He doesn't give us that flexibility. He doesn't give us that extra something which you can create uh, where... It will completely dumbfound the defence or it will dumbfound the opposition manager's game plan because mm-hmm. they give us something. You can't legislate for the way they play, especially well, Jesus brought it to the to the fore when we first started. And that's why we were so successful first half of the season. You cannot deny whatever he done it was the catalyst to all the other players in our team or in the squad doing what they were doing. It almost raised the bar for everyone. I thought we've got to play to this man's levels. You think you look back at the pods we did at the beginning. We were lauding Hazel something ridiculous. It's no coincidence, Jack. And and I think with Trossard coming in being almost like a second Jesus and giving us that versatility and flexibility and creativity. I mean, good. We've got creativity everywhere. I mean, look at Zinchenko. I mean, it's just so unorthodox, so revolutionary, as you were saying, I think. Um, uh, there's a little tweet exchange that we had and people, you know, we were kind of... I, I do feel sorry for Tierney. I'm not going to lie. I really like the guy. I feel sorry for him. I was thinking he'd be captain one day when he first started. Everyone was looking to him. Like he was one of the few exceptions in our team that were, you know, that had something about them, that he could be the future. And now look, it's like... Sometimes it's incredible how quickly teams evolve, isn't it? Unbelievable. Like from, from Aubameyang being the sort of pinpoint oh, poster boy yeah. with, and six months later we're saying not only do we want him out of the team we want him out of the club and and, and, and Tierney obviously you know attitude personified he's done nothing wrong in that sense but but again the game has evolved so much where, you, where you're, you're you're looking at Thursday nights going can we risk putting Tierney in you know like that that's how much you've come <laughs> with it it's like um, going back to the years of do you remember when we had Debussy at right back and we were like wow what a solid right back and then Bellerin came out of nowhere and you went yeah Okay, bye, Debushi. Like it was, it was that quick, and that's why you yeah. got to give credit to people like Jacko who've just withstood multiple uh, managerial appointments, and it, it, that's where you, you look at a player and you just go, whatever you're doing, you're you've got some character there, mate, because you are somehow, you know, you're you're still there and you're as important as ever to the next manager, and that is that is quite incredible. But the technical level's gone up so much now. I mean, it's gone up so so much, and I think that's what. Let's Tierney down a little bit. He's an old school left back driven, yes. you know, very push out of his feet and run. And and, and he, he will do a fantastic job for uh, a team. It just, it, it doesn't fit our team. But Zinchenko yeah. has, he, he, he's, he's re, um, he's changed the way we look at left back uh, forever, possibly. It's been rented right? it. It's yeah. Been I mean, Liverpool fans used to say this stuff about Trent a few years back, you know, and, but, they played a very different way to us and they basically create Trent was basically a right winger for them. Mm. Um, you know, and they were, you know, they had such athletes back there in units, you know, in the, in the middle, they could allow him to do that. But, and then, you know, as soon as they lose one or two of those, he gets exposed and looks really, really average. So, but Zinchenko is just a, a footballer. He's not an athlete. So he's just such a good footballer. And he's basically like our free roaming player from left back. It's incredible. You don't really see, 
I know he was a bit like that inverted at City, but I, I don't think I saw Not him. like this. No, this is another level that we're seeing it to, this allowance. And you've got to give Gabriel full credit for allowing that the centre-back partnership is allowing. Oh, don't, don't. I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? Because they are allowing, you know, White as well to, to, to get forward. And he did a fantastic ball from White with his left foot to Martinelli, who should have done better. But yeah. again, how can we criticise Martinelli? Five and five, 11 goals. I think he's our top yeah. goal scorer. Yeah, maybe he's on 12 now. He might be on 12. 12, 12 I think. 12, 12 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on 12. And uh, so we have three players. The only team in Double the whole figures. of Europe with three players other than PSG yeah. with Neymar, Messi and Mbappe. As James says, the three world-class ones plus the PSG players. Um, yeah, I love it. Exactly. And obviously, we just come off the London Football Awards last night where we... Oh, yeah. We, we, only we, one, one, one or two, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Clean sweep. Well, I mean, it's London Football Awards, isn't it? I mean, the, 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 let's see what happens when it comes to the PFA player ones. But obviously, as you could tell from all the interviews, the, 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 each of the players are uh, much more interested in team awards. Harry Kane's sitting there crying, obviously, but, the, you know, our players are much more interested in the team awards. But again, fantastic and well done to Ramsdale, Odegaard, Saka and and Arteta, hopefully the start of of many to come. But um, it, it's a two nil nil nil. You know, two headers. Um, Gab, Gabriel, lovely header. Um, Martinelli just finishing off a great move. Again, again, it's going back to uh, the weakness Leno always had was command in his box though, and we really saw that well. I thought stuck sticks to his line. He suffers from this sticky, sticky, uh, sticky shoes that he has. Um, and uh, we, I thought I thought we exploited it really well from set pieces and crosses and things like that. And then, um, you know, but I'm watching it going, oh, I'd love a third, which is incredible to watch. You're 2-0 up away from home. You're playing fantastic. They've not got, had a sniff, but you're like, oh, I'd love a third. And we got it at the best time. Now, and Odegaard, I mean, he's so calm now in front of goal where he used to not take the shot or, yeah. or he'd take the extra touch or... But now more than you know his assists, where sometimes he's more he's more part of the build up before the assist. Um, but in front of goal, we always said he had it as well. Even a few years ago, where we went away to Villa and we lost, <clears throat> and he had this unbelievable shot on the edge of the area that just went over the bar. And I remember saying like, when he actually lets himself go, he's got an yeah. unbelievable strike on him. Um, but it's so good to see that he's using that now. And it's, I go back and forth all the time, whether him or Saka have been our player of the season. And there's probably others in there, but uh, this was a game where Odegaard was also really fantastic. Neil, it was a game for him. Really, it was a game for technical players. Really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, um, you just can't ignore what he does. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And the goal, the way he took it, was exactly that. For a long, long time, he's saying, "Why doesn't he do more of that? Why doesn't he?" He's got great shot in him, but it's not. It's not a. It's not a flash. It's not like a. Oh, let's just wallop it and have a. And you know, shoot and have a bit of luck, maybe, and it goes in directly or it goes in off a direct uh, deflection. He does it with such intelligence. We're thinking, why are you doing that more? Why? You, well, why? You know, why are you trying to look for an extra pass? Do it yourself. There were so many opportunities we've had where he could have done that and he didn't, and that was one of the concerns you had. You go, if he can get that right, it, it, you know, it's just going to be. Uh, he's unbelievable, but. That just adds an extra dimension to his to his forte of what he can you know give um, to to the team and uh, wow that was that that was an example of it it was again it was great by Trossard but what he did he just didn't panic he got no. himself in the right position and no one stood a chance and again it was a great shot in in a great you know the way the way it was directed there was nothing majorly powerful about it. 
what he does is the placement. What was it? Which, which team was it where he almost like passed the ball into the net? Oh, God, who was it against Jack? Um, not that long ago. Was it last season or this season? No, it was last season. What is it? Towards the end. Where we have been Everton of... towards the end of the yes. season or something like that. Well, I, I remember the goal remember? you were talking about. Yeah. Was... He's come such a long way, though, Neil. Do you remember Palace yeah. um, away this season? Mm. First game of the season where mm. he was through on goal and he wouldn't take the shot twice, yeah. I think, against Palace. Where That's we it. Take the shot. You know, sure. Shoot. Now he's, he's really taking on that responsibility. Yeah. yeah. So if he's got that now added to everything else he does, he's literally the complete player for me. Yeah. Um, and massively important. And do you know what? I was a little bit worried. I thought, why are they giving him the captain's armband? Um, I know Xhaka never wanted it. And to be honest, I always felt that Xhaka was still the unspoken captain and or the unofficial captain. But to be honest, he has. He is doing it. He's doing it in his own way. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't th- thought about how it should be done looking at the previous captain or the great, previous great captains of Arsenal. He's done it in his own way and he's doing it really well. And I think it's helped with the fact that you've got other mental leaders in there, like Zinchenko as well, but and Shaka. Yeah. But he he is the captain, and he's and he's and he's taken the role on so good. It hasn't affected his play, which is great. And I I think we yeah. are very blessed. We have. We, I think. I, I don't think. I said it to you. Uh, did I say it on the last pod where I feel that we, again? No disrespect to Wenger's golden era squads, and you can't compare. I know you can't. It's a different era, and they were just unbelievable levels but I think the attitude of this team I've never seen it before Jack the attitude that this team have got probably because of the youth as well is second to none I've never seen it and that bodes well because you know we're talking about this season and how amazing it will be how quickly you know everyone's going we're well ahead of the game probably are probably are well ahead of schedule top four was our concern top four was our goal sorry get back in that Champions League position, maybe you win a cup, which is still a possibility too. But look at this. We're five points clear with 11 games to go. Business, business end of the season. No one would have put predicted that. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about this season, getting all excited, but looking at this squad, and you're talking about revolution and evolution of what, how the players are, are, are playing, with the likes of Odegaard, with the likes of Sinchenko, with the likes of Trossard and Jesus. Look at their ages. No one is particularly old. Maybe Shaka, yeah, but if you think about it, even Trossard is 28. He's still got yeah. a good 3-4 in him. And the you way know. he plays, you know, he's, he doesn't rely, doesn't he's not an athletic to. reliance. Exactly. exactly. So this is good for the future, mate. For the next three, four, five seasons. Yeah, um, that's why I, I find it very, very the, the 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 big thing with media now because that you know they're obviously you know they're always waiting for a slip up from from Arsenal. But the big thing that's being discussed now is you know um, they'll never have as good a chance, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And firstly, the 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 narrative last um, season was we'll, we'll never have a better chance to make top four. <laughs> so no one really knows what's going to happen season upon season you know that's that's the beauty of football but also if you take a step back and just look at it objectively we've got the youngest team alongside Southampton, Southampton. who just happened to be bottom of the league by the way um, exactly. and I think the next one after that is is Brentford and but uh, but then the, the next ones are like Everton and Leeds a lot of the teams with the youngest players in it basically are struggling um, <clears throat> but we have the youngest team a team that largely is thought to 
basically stay together next season. Of course, you'll lose one or two, but but basically stay together next season. Usually, young players that are reaching these heights don't get worse; they get better because they're not hit their prime yet. So it, it's just odd. It's just lazy thinking. I think that's just a lazy way of looking at it. And the argument then would be, well, other people teams are going to invest, other teams are going to do this. I was like, but they're already doing it. They're already doing it. They're in Chelsea well, already spent seven hundred million. Manchester United always spent three hundred million. Um, I'm sure they'll do it. New ownership, they'll 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 do it again. Now they've got a manager, in. but you know that, that doesn't change the fact. I think the difference with us, as opposed to, I don't know, Liverpool. Liverpool it'll be interesting with Liverpool to see. But Liverpool had, you know, they were hitting that 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 peak of their age group when they were they were challenging up there for, for titles. A lot of their players was, and now you're seeing some players that are maybe going past it, you know, Henderson, Milner, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and obviously we, we will get that too. Like our central midfield is, you know, is, is all around 30, but I think largely, like you said, we've got a really healthy sort of age bracket of the squad. And, um, and it might even get, it might even get younger. I expect us to sign younger players again next year, next season. I don't really expect the, the Trossard and Jorginho ones to be coming in and some I expect to go young again. So I think, you know, I think that is a, a, a little bit of a lazy way of thinking, but just to go back on your, on your captain thing with Odegaard. Yeah. Obviously he's not the vocal leader, but he's a technical leader, isn't he? Alongside. Correct. Zinchenko, Zinchenko you actually said that. Man. You actually said that, uh, um, you're a massive Odegaard fan, and, and there's no reason why you shouldn't be. Um, and I think you said that because I, I'm more of the old school Jack. I've always been. No, I want a, I want a barking sergeant major, Tony Adams yeah, yeah. type. Um, and I wasn't quite sure when he was made captain. I'm thinking, okay, but I wasn't too unhappy because I knew that Shaq was there. All day. He, he just, it, I think he will never take it because of what happened. Because of what happened, he, he does it now. Because I think he's won the crowd back, of course. Oh, and mentioned to Xhaka, I think despite I know I know that goal we should have converted it. I get it, but overall he seemed to be back because yeah. he had dropped he had dropped a, for a few games. That rest that we gave him just seems to have sparked him back into life again. And I thought what I saw of him against Fulham. I mean, I know all the players played well, but he was good. He was. It just seemed to be to back to his best. He was getting in the box again in the right place, doing his timing was right, everything. So another plus. Yeah. It was almost like another another player back from an injury, but this obviously wasn't an injury. It was just maybe he needed some rest. And I think that's what Saka needs. Just rest Saka, for God's sake. Don't play him on Thursday. Just I don't think we will. We're going to talk about the lineup there. We, we I don't, don't think we will. To, but sorry, yeah. I mean, again, I, I'm digressing, but I, I just feel that... Um, uh, Odegaard is a very different type of captain and one that works so well for us. Mm. And you can't Again, forget, um, sorry to interrupt, not no, just no, the no. technical leader, but I don't know if you saw, there was a point where Fulham were breaking away in the second half, well, it may have been first half, and, and, and Odegaard's energy and ability to track back and win the ball. I mm. mean, for a number 10 that's got such technical um, you know, purity about his game, um, his, his willingness to do the, the tougher miles in the, in the game, it really puts Ozil to shame. I hate to bring it up, but it really does put the likes of Ozil and old number 10s, sort of the old number 10 adage of the free luxury player. Um, to, to, it, it puts it to shame now. And it just shows how far the game's gone. There's, you just can't afford that at the top level. anyway. you can't afford luxuries like that, unless it's Lionel Messi, you really can't afford it. Like, you, you know, he's a once-in-generation player, but if it's not that, you, you just can't carry passengers like that. You need no. him to be able to go both ways. But Odegaard's willingness to... to he's always... Probably up there with the top three runners in each game. He's he's pressing like from the front constantly. Um, 
he's just exemplary, really, in, in his way his moves. I mean, for me, he's our player of the season, but um, uh, Klasa, Saka sorry, runs him a close second. But in terms of, you know, his control and his ability to run games, for me, he's he's probably been our most consistent player this, this season. I would say the one thing he doesn't have that maybe Saka has is Saka always shows up in every big game. Every yeah, big game, yeah. you know, like you might have a quiet one like this, Saka, but you know when the big game comes along, he's going to be there and he's going to show up. Yeah, and and, and that's what we need. Odegaard sometimes does, sometimes he, he doesn't, and we need him to. It's no slight on him because sometimes there was arguments against Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp in big games at times. So there's not, mm. you know, is it's not always that easy, you know. But I'd love to see him go, you know, go to the ahead and and play like this and things like that. Oh, that sort of stuff. And he's got full capability of doing it. He just, you know, it's coming. I think it's coming. But the second half, Neil, was really all about Gabriel Jesus, wasn't it? It was all about getting our players rest. Um, like you said, working a little bit within ourselves. Yeah, they had a few little chances here and there. We got maybe a little sloppy at the back, but I did think it was fantastic to see Gabriel and Sleeper really fight for that clean sheet towards the end. You know, they really wanted that clean sheet. And, and I think it's important, you know, you've got to have a good, get back to those sort of, um, you know, good defensive displays. But um, I mean, I know we touched it at the start, but he just looks so sharp. I mean, he missed a big chance, Gabriel Jesus. So it felt like he was back where he belongs. You know, does everything perfectly, then misses the easiest part of his game. But um, he's just his ability to bring other players into it. Great players make you know, other players play better. And he just every time he comes back in, it's like the whole team's going, okay, this is fair. It's like when you've got when something really tough has happened in the family and you've got that one person that knows how to deal with it when you're like thank god they're here yeah and the it's, you know, it's, yeah yeah the rocks and it, it felt honestly it felt, i was watching it, i was going you knew he was coming back today and you've all been lifted hugely by it like you've just you can tell you're like oh he's back you know that sort of stuff that's what it looked like to me and yeah, i think it's it's it's, it's if, if that's the case and it's given us an extra 10 percent, then fantastic isn't it i don't even need it <laughs> to be honest the extra 10 percent we're Top five points clear without him in a weird way, and uh, he's back. So, yeah. Um, do, do you know what we we? I I think I think I'm already going to preempt one of your uh, questions. It will be a massive failure for me, and you know what I'm talking about. Mm, yeah. Well, let's go through. For it. me, for me, for me. But I, I, with him, the timing is. It's just so written. Even the way we finished those two games, scoring late. Every other season, even maybe again, like, and I hate bringing up the Wenger era, but I'm going to, you know, I've done I, that. Even in those that era, it might have just been a draw. But we've got the wins. We got the wins very unexpectedly, sometimes from the most unexpected source. You know, Jorginho getting that goal against Villa, Reese Nelson popping up with an assist and a goal in the last few minutes. Yeah, I think what's really good about those late goals. I've read a stat, and I have I have a concern with the the emotional, um, you know, ability of the of this team, and I think we've already had the so far, you know, if if we were to to to, to, to in terms of title winning sides, um, we've already had the 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 equal the number of of last minute goals from any previous title winning sides. You know, we've had four, I think, or something this season. Oh yeah. Um, but I just think um, that that that. You know, it, it's fantastic to get 
a, a win like this, but it shows when, when we score in those last minute goals, a lot of them are coming from passages of play, like you saw with the 23 passes. And to do that in the 91st, 92nd, 93rd minute, like the Jorginho one against Villa, I think it's, it's, a, it's a culmination of about 20 passes in the 94th or 93rd minute. I mean, that is such belief in the way you're going about the game, you know, that you're willing to not compromise your principles even when everything is indicating you to panic. And that's a really impressive um, way of going about things. And I think it's, 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 it's worked out for us so far. Hopefully it continues to do so, you know. But yeah, definitely. I wonder, I wonder with Jesus, but let's talk, let's do a few uh, questions. Um, and I'll ask you my little one. Um, thank you for everyone that answered. I mean, I don't, we don't ask for questions always, but we had a few people asking them anyway. So I thought, oh, well, let's just ask, see if anyone's got any questions and we'll discuss them. We're always pretty good about discussing the questions. Um, so let me just go back and and and, and find some of the questions here. Um, I'll go to the one that you just mentioned. Bernadette 68, uh, top lady Bernadette um, at BRAS 68. She says, if we don't win the league now this season, will it be a failure? Now, Neil, you've already said you think it would be. Is that correct? A sliding doors moment like the 2006 defeat in the Champions League final. Now, I think it's just a subjective opinion at that point. You know, I would argue it wouldn't be. And But the, the, obviously, I'd, I'd be gutted. There's no question about that. You can't deny that. I think, you know, it's it's hard to evaluate things in terms of, you know, looking at it from the moment. But you know, before the season, obviously no one even mentioned things like titles, but obviously when you're in the moment that you're in, yeah, of course, you, you, you want to believe that you can do it. But I do I do think it's very different from the 2006 Champions League final. That was a end of an era team. In fact, that wasn't the best team we'd had in the Champions League. It wasn't even near the best team we'd had in the Champions League, like 2003, 2004, 2002, where we didn't get near the final. Um, 2006 was a combination of old and new. Had, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had... You had uh, Pires on his way out, Sol Campbell on his way out, Henri on his way out. I think he had one more year after that. Um, you had uh, uh, Ashley Cole on his way out. Um, you know, lots of players that were coming to the end of their Arsenal careers. Um, and this is not a new team, but it's a very, like we said, the youngest team in the league. Um, I think the team's going to get better. Um, and 2006, to be honest, when that happened, the, the, one of the big disappointments was you didn't really know when we'd get back to that level. Um, because that you knew there was going to be so much change in the team and a lot of the big players you had in the past few years weren't there. So Neil thinks, yes, failure, Bernadette. I, I think it's hard to evaluate it. Um, let's see where we, we are at the end of the season. But obviously, yeah, I'd be gutted. Um, if, I if, think, if yes, just not not calling the players or the, the, anything a failure. Like yeah, that. I, don't, I don't think it uh, would be. But yeah. failure from the point of more disappointment. Yeah. And 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 you know, as, as much as we are, uh, from what you're saying about the Miga Young squad, which is obviously working in our favour, it kind of worries me a little bit that they've come this far, they're so close, and then it's suddenly taken away from them. And I don't know what that would have, what kind of mental damage that may do. I don't. I'd like to think it won't do anything, because I think Arteta will just say, at the end of the day, you've overachieved already. It's already a success. We've mm. got our top four. We've got Champions League. Congratulations, guys. And who knows, we might even win the Europa Cup as well. So it's difficult, as you said, to assess. I think for me, failure, maybe not so failure is probably too harsh a word. I think disappointment is the big word to use here. Yeah, I no, I agree. 
I agree with you on that one. And obviously, we had a big disappointment last season and, and, and we bounced back very well from so far. I just think there's a long way to go to, Bernadette. You know, you've got 11 games to go. Um, you know, it feels closer every week, but there is so many games to go. I mean, we're, we've got a third of the season left almost. Um, so, you know, a, lo- a long way to go. I think you've just got to take it one game at a time at this point. There is a lot of tough fixtures in there. I think we've got the tougher running for sure, but we're going to discuss that because we've got another question on that. Um, damn, I just clicked on something that completely lost my thread on the questions. One sec, going back, going back, going back. Okay, um, so thank you for that one, Bernadette. Uh, next question was Jamie Gillen at Swifty8711. Thank you, Jamie. Um He's asked questions before, so I appreciate it. Who will score more league goals before the end of the season? Gabriel has three. Saliba has two. Um, what do you think, Neil? Yeah, I mean, we're obviously looking at the front area for our collection of goals from different areas. Um, but it's not. I mean, centre-backs are popping up with goals, aren't they? Saliba having a shot there. Gabriel's obviously always been very, very dangerous from set pieces. We saw Saliba score in midweek at Sporting, of course. Um, but I think that's the, the, the league goals, three and two, I believe. I expect Gabriel to probably pip pip him. What do you think? Yeah, I think Gabriel will pip him. Yeah, he he's well, he's I a think... bit better aerially, isn't he, Gabriel? Yeah, I, I would yeah, argue. Yeah. So yeah, you never know if 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 Sleeper shows up with a couple of those worldies that he did a Bournemouth away. You never, you never. Oh. But um, but I'll go Gabriel, Jamie. Yeah, thank you for that one. Um, Sport Nut One Hundred. I've been looking at City's fixtures more than I care to admit. <laughs> We will obviously drop points between now and the end of the season. Where, if anywhere, do you see them dropping points? So this is where, it, it, I mean, they have an easier fixture list on paper than us. We have Newcastle, Liverpool and them away. They don't really have a, a very tough away game. Their, their hardest away game um, is probably like Brighton. So, or, or, you know, on paper, their biggest challenging games is, is us at home. So to be honest, uh, Sport Night 100, if, if we, if we, and they also have Liverpool at home too, but Liverpool are absolutely dreadful away from home at the moment. So I don't think we can rely on anything there. Um, so to be honest, I think us, us is where that, you know, the, 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 it could happen anywhere to either one of us, you know, you've seen that um, throughout the season. It's, it's hard to predict, but uh, I would say us, that we're their toughest game and we're the one they should worry about the most. And we can go there and do something. That's what I think. But um, Neil, what do you think? Oh, I don't know if you've looked at. I haven't really looked too much at City's fixtures, but I'm very aware uh, that our fixtures are very tough. It's very hard with them because you know what they can do. You know what they can bring to the table. You know when they had those uh, crazy battles with Liverpool, you'd think that one of them was going to capitulate. They neither of them did. They just kept winning one after the other, one after the other. So they can win ten in a row easy. I'm not saying they can't. However, they have two other components, Champions League, FA Cup. So they, while they might not have a, a difficult team on paper, they have got a lot of fixtures coming up. And that might be the Achilles heel. But we've just got to keep winning ourselves. Simple as that. Yeah, we, got we've, got, we've, we've got the points advantage. Don't care about the goal advantage. I mean, yeah, we could, have, we could have got maybe three or four more against Fulham and that would have made even the goal difference almost irrelevant because we'd have been up there. But the point is we've got those five points, which is invaluable. So I think, I think for them, it's not a case of who, who they could lose points against. I think it's the conjecture for them. You know Jack Pep wants the Champions League. So and you want them to beat Leipzig in midweek, do you? Well, yeah, why not? 
Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm very supportive of Man I, I, I want them to go to both season. finals. I want them to go to both finals. And then if they I lose agree. the finals, I don't care. But yeah, no, I, I, agree. I, want, I want them to go all the way so they have got two other distractions. Yeah. Not just the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've also been very, very lucky with injuries. There's a table going out there uh, somewhere, and they've had, I think, they've had the least injury days out um, out of anyone in the league, Man City. And when you've got the biggest squad, uh, that plays into that because you can rotate more than anybody else and maintain the levels where we're not able or capable of rotating to, to the degree they are. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm looking. I've looked at the fixtures. Um, Sport Night 100. Appreciate the question and. Um, you know, they got to play us April 26th. Uh, but just like Neil said, just, just focus on our own games at the moment. Uh, line up for Thursday, Neil. Um, I know you don't like up, line up questions. It's from Outlaw underscore Hoss. Of course, Garrett Kruziger, who is a regular on the podcast. Um, do you want me to give you your my team? And you, you can tell me if you think you do anything different. Go on. I think a lot of people are putting teams out there that are going to be, that are actually, I'm, I'm predicting what Arteta's going to do rather than what I think, because it doesn't matter what I think. Um, I think he'll go stronger than people claim that I'm not I'm very 50-50 on what he does in goal but I'll, I'll say he goes with Turner in goal I think yep. you know, Tommy Asu right back I think yep. he might actually play Saliba and Gabriel centre back okay. okay I think he might I could see him playing Tierney at left back but again I'm very 50-50 on it but I think Zinchenko deserves and needs a rest we've got to protect him so I'll go Tierney Saliba um, sorry, Tierney, Gabriel, Saliba, Tommy with Turner. I'll go Xhaka, Jorginho, and um, Jorginho, Xhaka, sorry. And I'm slightly 50-50 on whether he starts at Odegaard, but I'll say Vieira. Um, so I'll say Jorginho, Xhaka, Vieira, though I'm worried a little bit about our legs in there, which is why I think he could start Odegaard. And then the front three, I will say he will go Nelson right wing and rest Saka. Trossard central and Martinelli left wing. That is my prediction. Uh, would you think anything different? Than Pretty that? much exactly that. But I think, yeah, the Gabriel. Salida he could say play Holding or Kivio or something like that. Yes, yeah, that would be my only difference. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that. he goes Gabriel and Holding because he went Saliba and Kivio in the last. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, could do. Um, could do. But yeah, I think other than that, I agree with that. Generally, in these games, he makes about four to five changes from the previous game. And I think mm. that's roughly that. I think the key here is don't start Saka, don't start Party, probably oh. don't start Zinchenko. Those guys have had a lot of minutes in recent weeks. Yes. So that would be my... And then Martinelli, he's also had a fair amount, but he's had, over course of the season, a lot less. He didn't play much in the World Cup. He didn't play as... He had a bit more rotation earlier in the season, from what I remember. Yeah. So I think, you know... You, you, and, and he is on fire. Martinelli, so sometimes you want to keep keep it going. Yeah, keep that momentum. Um, with the emerging importance of Trossard and the return of Jesus, can we now at last afford to give Saka a rest? Melvin yes. Marks, thank you, Melvin Marks. Do you think? So? It, it, but can we afford to give him a rest from from that? Like, but from from playing Jesus outright, or do you think it's more likely to be like a Nelson or something a like Nelson. that? Yeah, yeah. I don't see why not. I really like the kid. Why not? I'd like to see Nelson basically, obviously game state is a huge thing, but Nelson basically replaced Saka on about 70 minutes against Fulham. And mm. I, I, I have had this discussion, I think, with James offline that I, I like Nelson, but I, I wouldn't be convinced on giving him a new contract at this point. But I also think uh, throughout his career, he's basically proved himself to be far more effective as an impact sub than he has been from the start. So even at Hoffenheim, when we were following him quite closely and he was scoring all the time for Hoffenheim, 
he had 27 games for Hoffenheim under Nagelsmann, who's one of the best coaches in the world. And Nagelsmann liked him, but he only started, um, I think he, he only started about nine of those 27 games. Right. 18 sub-appearances sub and almost all his goals were from sub-appearances in the last 20 minutes. I just think in broken play, He's quite direct. He's fast. He knows how to how to go either way. But in sustained or sort of steady play, under pressure, you know, I, I sometimes I'm a little bit concerned with him. You know, possession wise, I think he's mm. much better in broken play, like against Bournemouth and things sure. like that, uh, where the game stays a little bit different. But if he can give Saka twenty minutes respite every game, that'd be perfect. Exactly, you know, that'd be fantastic. And um, I, I think I think, I think just quickly, you mentioned this in the, maybe in the last book. It's going to be very difficult to get a replacement sacker anyway. Very, it's so very damn good. It's it's unfair to even to compare anyone with him because he's on a different planet, mate. Yeah, no, I so, agree. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I think we will go for a right winger in in the summer. What I'd love to see is do us, irrespective of the price. I'd love to see us do what we've done with Trossard and not buy a player in to just back Saka up but buy a player in that can actually challenge Saka and that's what Trossard's doing he's challenging Jesus he's challenging Martinelli at the very least he's making them better um, and he's showing that he can he can he can take their place if they're slightly you know off form and we need that right wing and does Nelson provide that? Will Nelson provide that? I, I'm not yet fully convinced that he will. Could do, but I, I'm not yet fully convinced. I think we'll go into the market for a right winger, and I think that's basically you know the the, the attacking extent of what we'll do in the summer because I don't think we'll touch much else. Um, top questions. I did have a question. Um, we played at Fulham and won three 0 in the 1921st full season of Mikel Arteta. It was the first game of the season. Nil. We won three nil there, and I think people were singing, you know, things like "We've got our Arsenal back" and stuff like that. Um, and Leno and Willian started in that game for Arsenal. Do you remember who scored a debut on his um scored on his debut in that game? Gabriel. Yep, and one man of the match. That's the question. That was it. Well done. And that, we thought we thought Willian, what a signing! It was, yeah. best game it, was it literally it went all downhill from there. Which was weird, was it? It was such a good game. Do you remember Rob Holding was doing keep ups with the middle of the pitch? It was a weird game, wasn't it? It was a weird game, but um, but yeah, we, we you know quite quite good record at, at Fulham, I guess. But um, I don't even remember what last season's score was, but I remember that one in nineteen twenty. But um, but Neil, let's do predictions before we go. Predictions for um, Sporting midweek. Obviously, it's it's two two, and it's you know second leg, so it's all to play for in a second leg. So predictions first score, and then we got Crystal Palace at home on. Uh, on Sunday, a chance to go eight points clear because I don't think Man City play in the league in on the weekend. They play in the FA Cup, so huge chance for us. Crystal Palace often turn up against us um, much more than they've been turning up for, against all the big teams I've been watching them against since January. Um, they do seem to turn up against us, so I think it will be a tough game. But um, what are your predictions for those two in scorers, Neil? Oh, uh, let me just uh, think about this one a tiny bit. I think sporting, it's not going to be easy, Jack. Um, it's no. Plus, we've got <clears throat> a couple of the changes that you mentioned that are definitely going to happen. Um, I can't see it destabilising the team too much for us because luckily now we've got that uh, where we had concerns about depth in our squad. I think we've addressed them, at least for the rest of this campaign anyway. Um, I think it's going to be another tough game. I think it'll be another tight game. But I'm... Um, Fingers crossed, I think we'll just pull through. I think 2-1. I think it'll be a 2-1 game. And 
gosh. Because I'm backing him, I want to say Nelson. I think it's going to more likely be Martinelli, but I'll back I'll back Nelson and say Nelson two one for for Thursday, nice. and then and Palace. Yeah, I mean they've created a record. You know we've created a couple of good records this in the last game, but they've also created a record that they didn't want three games on the trot without a shot on target. I can't see them not getting a shot on target against us. Uh, they will raise their game. It's Vieira. Um, I'm hoping it's still Vieira because I don't want to see him get sacked. So yeah, sorry. They, they do play. They play midweek too, don't they? They play right. Yeah, um, and I didn't even know. I think James was the one that mentioned that. I was like, is yeah. there Premier League fixtures in midweek? Yes, but they, yes, they, they do. They play a, a, a trickyish game against mm. uh, Brighton. I'm just double checking that it's Wednesday. I presume it's Wednesday, but it might not be. But um, yeah. yeah, they play Wednesday. They play Wednesday against Brighton and. Mm. Um, Away, which 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 is a good thing. I think you know the fact that they've also got a game in midweek, which is correct. Which, which is which is not a bad thing. But what's your score? But, your score? Yeah. I, I think we're going to have too much for them. As as good as or as difficult as opponents they've been in the past, and of course they'll be up for it. I just think we've got too much for them. I think we'll win. Um, I'm not going to be. Do I go silly? Nah. If we get an early goal, I think I can see a landslide. To get an early I love, goal, I love an early goal for us. Um, I'll, I'll go hell with it. I'll say four nil. Jesus, okay. Who's four nil. Saka. Saka. is going to get rested for Thursday. He'll come back fresh, fresh for, for Palace. Saka. Four yeah. nil. Saka. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You think um, any chance of Jesus starting on? Uh, Saturday? I don't think he'll start midweek because he's only had about twenty minutes. But you could see. Could you see him starting Sunday, or do you think it would just maybe ease in? Yeah. Oh man, he's going to be wanting to, isn't he? He's going to be wanting to. The issue you've got there, Neil, is not that you should worry about it, but you've then got a two-week break. So what you don't want is him. You know, you you maybe you get a behind closed doors game within that two-week break, but he's not going with Brazil to the to the um, international break. We already know no Arsenal players are going with Brazil at least. So. Well, he'll definitely play some part. Whether he'll start or not is another another matter. But maybe we could give him sixty minutes. You know, never know. Do you know what? I'm gonna. Yeah, I think he will start on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I and he'll come off it. He just said sixty minutes. Yeah, maybe give him forty-five on Thursday, sixty, and then you know something like that. Maybe thirty he, on Thursday. He wants to play. I mean, look at him. He's, yeah, yeah. And you're right. You, you you're probably right about the fact that he's been delayed, so he's ready. Yeah, because he he mentioned, and we don't know because Arteta, I don't think, tells the truth one bit in any uh, presser. But he and basically like said, yeah, he basically said, uh, you know, he said to me, he's, he's he's not, he's missing something. And then he said the day later, he went, oh, I'm good now, I'm ready. And I'm like, that's that 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 to me strikes me as we already thought you were ready. We're waiting on you to tell us when you're when you're ready. But yeah. in terms of metrics, he checked everything, and there's they're, they're releasing a documentary, aren't they, on Arsenal's website about it? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. The, the medical staff kind of mentioned he hit everything very early on. So I think he's holding him. Days ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's that kind of, you know, he's that kind of kind of, kind of player. He just is a, a league specimen, but hopefully he stays fully fit. So I'll go, um, I think it's going to be tough in midweek too. I'll, I'll mm. go, especially because of the rotation. I think it's very hard to get, you know, the, 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 the consistency in terms of the play. But I'll go, I'll go for, I was going to go, your, I'll go 3-1 Arsenal. And I'll say um, first score. I'll go Martinelli, and then I'll go two nil 
against the Palace. And I'll say Jesus. I'll, I'll put. I'll put. I'll How put good on. That be? If if my prediction for the for the team front three on Thursday comes across, I figure we won't do Trossard again on the Sunday. We'll we'll try to rotate that out. And with Eddie not being fit, it would mean Jesus could come in, especially if he's played maybe thirty minutes in uh, midweek, maybe. So it'll be very interesting. But how amazing would that be if he scores? Yeah, it'd be incredible. It'd be really incredible. I'll just all we've been asking for, you know, throughout the weeks is uh keep winning so two more wins please this time at the Emirates so two more wins this week is, is, is all we ask for thank you for following us at Purely Arsenal FP on Twitter and uh, just type in Purely Arsenal podcast to YouTube or click on the subscribe button as you do type it in and you will never miss enough of episodes usually our podcasts are up a little bit earlier on YouTube no ads um, no selling of anything nothing like that um, we don't do any of that on our pods so it's all free for you but you'll get it a little bit earlier if you subscribe to the YouTube one so just uh, look out for purely Arsenal podcasts on there we try to do one a week um, as consistently as we can we've been pretty good about that this season so Neil thank you for your time appreciate it Um, everyone else James Mike Garrett etc hopefully we'll get you on um, in future podcasts and we'll be back next week fingers crossed after two more wins and lead into into the international break up the Arsenal. Come, Come on, on, boys. Come on, boys. 